0: Hello and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Craig Johnson and uh, that music you just heard is from our uh, new musical collaborator, uh, Sleepy Kitty Music. They will be the opening and closing track uh, for the remainder of the time that this podcast is in operation. So I hope you like it. I certainly do. Uh, This week, we're going to be talking about a Resurgence of right wing violence, uh, not just in the United States, but throughout the world, and also touching on the QAnon conspiracy theories uh, and its connection to right wing conspiracy theories uh, in the modern age. All right, talking about uh, recent events in right wing political violence, we're going to start in the United States. Uh, There was a fistfight that broke out in Fort Collins, Colorado, at a, quote, back the blue rally. The uh, commentators from the right wing that is participants and, you know, people filming it and stuff uh, were heard telling the participants in the fistfight not to touch their weapons because, of course, the police as in pro police protesters showed up armed uh, because they are right wing militants who are prepared to and interested in uh, fighting. Additionally, in terms of police activity, uh, the police of Chicago, Illinois, the Chicago Police Department, have effectively shut down downtown Chicago as a result of a few days of, quote, rioting and looting on the Magnificent Mile and the rest of downtown Chicago. Now, if you've never been in Chicago, downtown Chicago is effectively something like Midtown Manhattan or the Financial District in Manhattan. It is a place where the Biggest companies in the city, where big law firms, where the government and stuff, uh, where where that kind of stuff is headquartered, it's not the place where the majority of people in Chicago live. Uh, however, there are high-rise condos, expensive places to live there. In addition to the final remnants of affordable housing complexes that used to be a part of uh, Chicago's uh, high-rise building makeup. Now, in the present, the downtown part of Chicago has effectively been shut off from the rest of the city. Uh, The downtown portion of Chicago is connected to the rest of the city, specifically the north and west sides, by a series of retractable bridges over the north and west branches of the Chicago River. These were famously featured in several movie shots, but one that you might be the most familiar with is Batman the Dark Knight. Uh, These bridges can be retracted in order to allow ships to go under them, and they are being retracted at night now, uh, apparently sort of kind of for the foreseeable future, effectively turning downtown Chicago into a sundown town. Now, uh, this is a term that was used in the Jim Crow era in the South to describe places where it was simply not safe or even potentially literally illegal for African-Americans or people of color to be outside at night. Obviously, this is not the kind of regulation that the city of Chicago is explicitly enforcing in downtown Chicago but it is an indication that the police and the city government is backing them and also you know issuing these orders to do these things is thinking about protecting downtown property Uh, we're talking about uh, the high-end retail on the magnificent mile and also uh, the major corporate headquarters uh, regional or city or national global headquarters that are uh, in downtown Chicago Rather than using the resources that the police are using to create these blockades in order to benefit the people who are doing the protesting, demonstrating, rioting, looting in the first place. Uh, Effectively, this means that downtown Chicago has become a, quote, papers, please kind of place uh, where people who live or work there are required to provide proof to police officers in order to be admitted without being arrested, harassed, or attacked. Obviously, if you've paid any attention at all to how police behave when they are given this kind of power, you know that this is going to be used in a discriminatory fashion, specifically to target people of color uh, who make up the majority of the city of Chicago's population. By by far, uh, Chicago is uh, a supermajority people of color city. Uh, however, downtown and the parts of it that are the parts of the city that are closest to downtown are some of the most predominantly white parts of the city. Uh, And so protecting them, quote, protecting them in this way, uh, the Chicago Police Department and the government of the city of Chicago is indicating what really matters to them in the city, which is, of course, property values. Uh, Additional incidents of violence across the world, uh, one that possibly you might not have heard of, um, in Uruguay, uh, the South American country, Members of the Frente Amplio Party, a left coalition party that unites the center left and the far left in Uruguay, which is still operative despite the dirty wars that occurred there in the 1960s, 70s, and 80s, Uh, members of this party were just attacked, uh, like in an attempted murder sort of way, uh, by as yet unknown militants. Uh, Three people were grievously injured, one of them had uh, their lung punctured, and by attacked I don't mean just like a fistfight, I mean like they were shot um, by people who were wielding uh, white weapons, uh, which is somewhat confusing. Um, More information on that will come about if and when the police of Uruguay uh, determine more about it. Finally, and perhaps most disturbingly in terms of what it says about world history, uh, the group of radical right police officers, and military personnel in Germany that I touched upon in a previous week, uh, we're only sort of increasingly learning more and more disturbing things about them, uh, about the extent of their organizing, exactly how it came about, uh, the sorts of conspiracy theories that they believed in, uh, the extent of their extreme racism. This group emerged from a prepper group called Cruz. Uh, apologies for my German pronunciation, I have done. Uh, A prepper, if you're not familiar with the term, is someone who is prepared, quote, you know, that's where the word comes from. Uh, The idea is that they're, you know, overly prepared, disturbingly overly prepared for some sort of major social disaster, you know, the complete collapse of society. Now, I know that in the middle of the ongoing coronavirus pandemic, that might not sound so crazy. uh, But the things that preppers prepare for Are not things like this you know that could be solved by you know universal health care or widespread government social benefits uh what they're talking about is effectively they're planning for civil war civil unrest race war some of them say explicitly Uh, what this means is that instead of stockpiling food and medicine and things to help their neighbors, although they are doing some of that. Uh, a lot of what they're doing is preparing uh, for military operations. You know, they're hoarding weapons, they're holding ammunition, they're holding military trainings, uh, they're talking about wilderness survival, um, but in a militant kind of disturbing way. Uh, that's the prepper movement throughout the world. But uh, so Nordicruz was a prepper group uh, within the German military uh, that had members in many parts of it. Uh, including some of the most elite special forces in Germany. And the thing that they were preparing for was something that they called Day X, uh, which was, you know, this day when the government would collapse and everything would fall apart. And it meant that they would need to rise up uh, and provide for themselves and their families and also cut down the politicians that had been leading Germany astray. Now, in which directions were they being led astray? Of course, this is a right-wing group. uh, So their concerns are about Judaism. Uh, This is Germany. They're neo Nazis. Uh, Their concerns are about uh, Black people, uh, that is, refugees from Africa, primarily, is what they're talking about. And their concerns are about Turks, uh, people who have lived in Germany for an extremely long time, a long immigrant network stretching back to immediately after the Second World War, uh, when Turkish people immigrated to Germany primarily in order to make up for the loss of workforce that their country had after its loss in the second world war all right now speaking of conspiracies we come to the final thing that i want to talk about this week QAnon. Uh, now you've probably heard about this or potentially you have if you're someone who's active on the internet or in the united states news cycle QAnon is a set of conspiracy theories that came from well originally a series of reddit and 4chan posts that were created by a person who purported to be a member of the United States intelligence in some capacity, you know, Q Anon. Uh, Anon is a name that applies to users of the uh, message board 4chan and 8chan and their offshoots. Uh, So this person was named Q. Anyway, uh, the thing that they talked about was a national, international conspiracy of pedophilia on the part of elites in the United States and throughout the world. Uh, This conspiracy involved lots of people, uh, from Donald Trump to Bill Clinton. uh, And one of the primary key players in QAnon's story was Jeffrey Epstein, uh, who is a pedophile, or was rather, uh, prior to his uh, arrest and death. And the QAnon conspiracies, which are sort of related to maybe a, you know, an, an, a grown-up sort of self-realized version of the Pizzagate conspiracy, uh, which you might recall from the 2016 presidential election cycle, uh, which was a very similar conspiracy theory about a secret pedophilia ring among Washington, D.C. elites that supposedly operated out of the basement of a pizza restaurant that as it turned out, does not have a basement. Now, QAnon as a conspiracy theory has been growing for years, uh, but it has sort of reached an apotheosis recently with the primary electoral victory of a person named Marjorie Taylor Greene for a Georgian congressional district recently. Uh, Marjorie Greene is an open believer in QAnon conspiracy theories. She has openly veered into anti-Semitism and easily won her runoff primary election on Tuesday. So it's almost certain that she's going to join Congress, given the electoral makeup of the district that she's running from, where she won with 57% of the vote against an actual neuroscientist, um, like a a practicing medical doctor. Uh, She has videos where she poses with rifles and personally threatens to shoot Antifa people. You know, that's the pronunciation she uses, Antifa. Um... Now, all of these things by themselves are not particularly unusual. You know, a politician, a relatively fringe politician, you know, promoting a conspiracy theory, especially a right-wing conspiracy theory, right-wing politicians threatening to shoot their left-wing constituents. These are all things that we've seen before, Uh, for example, in congressional elections in 2016, 2018, and of course, 2020. Um, The thing that makes QAnon interesting is that it is a direct connection back to 18th, 19th, even 17th century political conspiracies uh, that the nascent right wing in the 17th and 18th centuries and the full-blown modern right wing of the 19th and 20th centuries had about Jewish people and about Masons. Uh, Essentially, the QAnon conspiracy is about a secretive, organized cabal of elites who are organizing society against a Christian order in order to uh, exploit, murder, sexually assault, groom children. Now these are just like these are just like straight up pretty normal anti-Semitic, anti-Masonic conspiracy theories uh, that come from the extreme right, specifically in the 19th and 20th centuries. Seeing them come back in full force and apparently into the United States Congress in the present day is, you know, a disturbing one uh, for 2020. That wasn't exactly something I was expecting. Although QAnon's participation in the Trump political movement, uh, not in 2016 because the post originated in 2017, but in the congressional election in 2018, in anti-Black Lives Matter groups, um, in pro-police groups, uh, all of these things have indicated to us for a long time that QAnon was going to be a force In right wing politics. Uh what's interesting to me as somebody who studies the right wing professionally is that this is the return to a kind of anti-Masonic, just like anti-elite politics uh that the United States hasn't really seen uh since the Know Nothing Party back in the 19th century, which was uh, you know, you know, hold on, hold on your seats here, a anti-immigrant, anti-black, anti-elite. Populist party uh, that was specifically about eliminating the power of Masons from the United States government. All right. Uh, I'm just going to leave you with uh, the fact that the sort of QAnon rabbit hole is extremely deep. It's not something that I'm going to be able to exhaust in a 15 minute podcast, even if I did one uh, every day for the rest of the year. Uh, For more on that, you're going to have to look elsewhere. Uh, In the meantime, I just want to remind you that conspiracy theories about global secretive cabals are the purview of the right wing. This is not something that a left or liberal person should really, really consider. Um, uh, Rather than ruling the world secretively and for, you know, just like insidious, amoral purposes, uh, the elites of the world rule the world for transparent reasons because they want power and money. Uh, It's relatively simple uh, when it comes down to that sort of stuff. Once again, I want to thank Sleepy Kitty Music for providing our intro and outro music and uh, Sleepy Kitty Arts for providing our graphics. Thanks, and I'll talk to you again next week.